0: This podcast contains sensitive content, which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. And welcome. This is Not Ideal, but we're going with it. The podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. Today we wanted to talk about ADHD, trauma, uh, women and some information about that that some people are not aware of. So we're going to kind of have a conversation about that. But first is an update from Anna about news that she has that she talked about last episode. Anna, what's happening news. with citizenship? News, oh, what's word. happening with citizenship?
1: My news is that I am officially an Australian. Uh, I am, you are, we are Australian. Yes. I am officially a dual citizen, a citizen of the world.
0: Is that the National anthem no the national anthem contrary to popular belief is not
1: waltzing matilda although that was sung in a beautiful harmony by two men playing guitars at the citizenship ceremony the uh national anthem is called "Advance australia fair
0: tell us about the ceremony what happened where was it how'd it go first of all i want to tell you guys we were
1: graced by the presence of the lord mayor of newcastle which yeah. Which I, first of all, she was dressed in quite a, quite a lot of garb. Like part of me was like, Ooh, girl, that's like a whole workout. wearing that thing. That's like where, you know, those runners who like run around with weights on their ankles and arms and, and like the little waistband with like the weights locked in. She's you know a runner, She's
0: about? a track star. <laughs> and so then as a dual citizen, are you able to vote for our country and your country? Am, like yeah. do, do you vote in Okay. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, a postal ballot. Yeah. Wow. Ballot. Well, congratulations. How has this changed your plans for law it, school? It hasn't changed my plans for law school. It's merely made them possible,
1: which is all I need. All I need is the smallest shred of possibility, and I will grab onto that thing like those little crawdads pinch onto your hands when you're a kid fishing in the creek.
0: Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. It was Thank you. 2 a.m. our time yeah. when we signed off with you. So we were really proud so of you. So fun. So, but today we want to talk about ADHD and women and trauma. This is all in preparation for one of Anna's friends who is recently diagnosed as an adult with ADHD, and she's just going to talk us through her personal journey in being diagnosed and being treated for ADHD. Something that I want to just mention right off the bat is there is a really great resource and it is called Attitude Magazine. That's A. A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E and then magazine. They have a great website, great podcast where they interview leading experts in the field of ADHD. And some of the stuff I want to share today is actually just from their website. Plenty of great articles about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and how it impacts you and ways to treat this disorder. ADHD in the States, I don't know if this is true in other countries, but it is considered a disability. It is covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Really. And it is a neurological disorder. Now that we can do brain scans, you can actually see that structures and processing in the brain is different than someone who is neurotypical with the common brain structures and processing. So it's really important. We used to, even 20 years ago, there was lots of wave of popular opinion that would say that ADHD is just an excuse for bad behavior or things like that really kind of people would try to downplay it as not real.
1: And to those people, we would like to say, you dumb.
0: <laughs> as technology has improved, we can see more and more that we've really done people who have ADHD a disservice in not treating this disorder properly, especially early uh, detection is super helpful and early intervention. So we just want to give a shout out to those of you who deal with it. So yeah, um, I'm going to go through some of the common symptoms and you just kind of, I'm going to give you a symptom. You tell me- If I have it? Yeah, what you've seen either in yourself or others because okay. we've we've talked about mm-hmm. how- All right,
1: lay it on me. I got some, I've, I have a lot of friends with ADHD. So I, I think, I feel like I'm going to nail this.
0: Symptom number one is being inattentive. It's not so much that you're not trying to pay attention. It's that paying attention is, is difficult. It, you expend a lot of energy- to pay attention to reading, or even in some cases, uh, the movie plotline but also definitely struggling and difficulty with paying attention to yourself. Here is
1: a great example. So this actually, we can talk about this more when she's on next week. My friend who's going to be on as our guest star, she said, do you ever rewatch movies? There are movies that I rewatch like 10 times because I just, I feel like even though I've watched it, like I haven't actually seen it. Like I don't actually know what happens.
0: Trauma survivors often rewatch movies. They already know what's coming because trauma survivors don't like to be surprised. So this is where... Where ADHD and trauma can be tough. Is the ADHD contributing to trauma symptoms, which are sometimes dissociating when you're watching a movie or watching something, especially if you get triggered? This is where these two cross over. So if you are a trauma survivor and you also have ADHD, this particular symptom can just be really difficult to figure out or, or it could be really more intense for you as a trauma survivor if you already came to the trauma with kind of an inattentive or inability to keep your focus in one Great place. Great point.
1: Yeah. So with my, in the case of my friend, is it ADHD or is it trauma? Tune in next week right. to hear the answer.
0: And, and dissociation and inattentiveness are two very different things, but they can sort of play off of each other too. Okay, next one. Emotional dysregulation. Now, especially for women, hyperactivity, a lot of times we'll hear Women will say, oh, I don't have ADHD. I don't fidget or I've never been hyperactive physically. It can show up physically, but a lot of times there's so much cultural pressure to not be climbing the walls and wiggling all the time that that hyperactivity goes underground into the emotions so you become emotionally hyperactive and you can be very physically calm but your emotions are popping all over the place what do you think about that one anna
1: that that is very interesting and here's my theory as well because as many of you will likely know women a lot of times go undiagnosed for longer with adhd than men do because society places a lot of a lot more pressure on women especially young girls to not be hyperactive physically whereas boys you know Know, oh, boys will be boys. You know they're out there running around, but women and young girls, I think, are a lot of times stigmatized if they behave in that same way. You know, so maybe women become emotionally hyperactive more frequently, whereas men sometimes are able to stay physically hyperactive. That's my theory. That's an
0: excellent point. And just from the Attitude Magazine article entitled "ADHD and Women," it says right here goes right along with what you just said. Oh, really? Yeah. As women mature, they learn to appear. Less symptomatic. Yet their suffering continues as their well guarded secret. They may distance themselves oh. from friends. Oh. oh. They may distance themselves from <laughs>
1: <laughs> This article is written in bedroom voice. They may distance themselves from it, it continues as their well guarded <laughs> secret. <laughs>
0: They may may distance (laughs) themselves from friends and hide their despair from partners. Believing in their unworthiness, they may endure relationships involving emotional and physical abuse. Such hopelessness combined with impulsivity contributes to significantly more self-harm compared to men. Oh, wow. Even more concerning is their much greater likelihood of suicidal thoughts and attempts recent population studies suggest that women with ADHD are more likely to die earlier of unnatural causes, especially due to accidents.
1: Oh my. I have no idea about that. That's so interesting. Right.
0: So back to emotional dysregulation as a part of ADHD, it's also a part of ADHD because of the hyperactivity, but also because of um, what we're going to talk about next, which is the low self-esteem.
1: Oh, there's more.
0: Yeah. Part of this with ADHD is because The ADHD brain processes at a different speed than a neurotypical brain. So a person with ADHD gets a sense that they're out of sync and that sense of being out of sync is false. It's just the brain processing things in a different speed, but then they often compensate for that sense with extra behavior to try to fit in, which ends up actually making them not fit in. Oh. You have to help the person deal with that sensation of processing speed without compensating by making themselves seem like they're trying too hard or like they're you know, interjecting in conversation or in some cases withdrawing for a sense of feeling like they don't belong. ADHD brains produce a sensation that they don't belong that is false, but then the behaviors that they use to try to cope with that can sometimes make them actually stand out in a socially not great way. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's so a So it's big a one.
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah.
0: And of course with trauma, it's very similar, right? Because trauma makes us react and respond in ways that the general public doesn't understand. They have a hard time interpreting. And so you can have that same sense of not belonging. Also just... Oh, I
1: have a perfect example of that. Hold on. Can I quick interject? I had to switch doctors last week. If you're getting certain kinds of medication prescribed, even semi-regularly, you have to get reassessed by a new doctor at least once per year to make sure that you actually do need those medications. And it's not just like a relationship you have with your current doctor where they're not checking enough to see if you actually need them. So I went to see this new doctor, which is absolutely a triggering event for me. I hate... Mm. Having to switch doctors, as many people with chronic illness or any kind of medical trauma would probably relate to. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to have to, and even people who go to therapy and have to switch therapists. Oh, oh my for word. sure. Having yeah. to go through everything and bring yeah. someone new up to speed with everything. Yeah. And, ha- and then facing all of the same faces of them making, yeah. you know, oh, telling, you know, I'm it's so. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but definitely. Having to see a new doctor is difficult, especially when they're assessing you, you know, oh, are you really in pain, you know, and you have to go and prove to them that you're in pain, which is difficult. Anyway, so I was sitting there and I was telling her about the different things because you have to say like, oh, well, what else are you trying other than medication, you know, Mm -hmm. yada, yada to make sure you're not just a drug seeker. And I was sitting there and I was like, well, you know, I went to the uh, things in Australia work differently but I went, I go, I go to what's called a pain clinic where they do like seminars that teach all of their clients. And I said, I went to that, but the, you know, I went to it for the second time just last week. I said, I couldn't believe some of the things I was hearing. It was making me it frustrated. And it felt like the people who run, who are running the pain clinic, the doctors who are in charge of helping their clients get out of pain yeah. were invalidating almost all, probably 95% plus the pain of their clients by saying basically the thing that I was complaining about was that what's <laughs> that the guy said all pain so when you get injured or if you have a surgery, all healing that is meant to take place in the body takes place within three months. Everything is healed that should be healed within three months. Right. So any pain longer than three months. Yeah, and I, here I was saying this to this doctor, and I and I could feel myself getting angry because mm. nothing makes me more mad than watching people on the upper end of a power differential invalidate the problems of the people on the lower side of the power differential. Because it's like you pretty, aren't the one with the problem. Oh my word!
0: I'm Who? pretty. I'm pretty sure you get mad at certain chewing.
1: <laughs> certain what Chew- I mean, you just said- <laughs> chewing? Chewing, chewing, sound. <laughs>
0: I do get mad at certain <laughs> chewing sounds. That's, that's true. I'm pretty sure that makes you more mad than doctors being like that. But anyway, that's just Well, my... that's a good
1: point. <laughs> that's a good point. Also, people who want to show you baby photos and don't stop. <laughs> like, also, when they show also, you, grandma, they're like, want to see my new baby? And I'm like, sure. And they're like... <laughs> And they show me a photo, and I'm like, "cute." And then they're like, "Oh, and look at this one. He's in a onesie." Or, "Oh, look at this one. He was sleeping." And I'm like, "Oh my word. Let me get back to my life."
0: Grammar errors also. When people
1: (laughs) don't use apostrophes. When people when people use the plural form of a (gasps) noun instead of the possessive form of the noun. Uh Oh my word, that drives me nuts. Yeah. Holy cow.
0: Oh, but anyway, I, what and you anyway, saying? you're you were yeah. upset. I, I don't know that I was time... upset. I could feel myself getting mad about mm.
1: the whole invalidating pain thing. And the face on this new doctor, I could tell that she was like, this person seems to me like they might be the wrong kind of person to prescribe medication to, you know, or at least that's how I read the face, which could also almost actually now that I'm thinking about it, it was almost certainly part to do with my trauma you know, Mm -hmm. because she's brand new. We don't have a relationship, you know, Mm. but part of me thought maybe I in reacting to the pain clinic seminar in a traumatized way, then I made her treat me in a way that then further traumatized me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. There's my example. It Mm -hmm. took a while to get to, stop showing your baby photos nobody wants to
0: see more than two there should be a hard limit at two photos use apostrophes and also and chew
1: with your freaking mouth closed where were you raised in a bar Chew, swallow no excess saliva there is no reason to have that much saliva in your pie hole when you're talking especially say okay. it don't spray it we want the news not the weather <laughs> Calm down. okay
0: more right. more symptoms that people may not be aware of. Um, stuff, stuff with food. So a lot of, along with the emotional dysregulation comes eating dysregulation. So you get interesting relationship with food, either restrictive or obsessive. A lot of the thinking and the uh, self-soothing can be connecting with food. A lot of bulimia. With ADHD connected. That's interesting. Just helpful to understand that by treating my ADHD, I could be helping if I'm struggling with any kind of an eating issue. So that's really important to get that checked out for that reason. Also, chronic anxiety, chronic relationship problems, perfectionism, substance dependence, sensory hypersensitivities, chronic restlessness, episodes of rage or tears, frequent irritability picking behaviors where you're picking your skin a lot and intense mm-hmm. premenstrual symptoms are all possibly related to underlying ADHD. So it's really important to get it checked out because sometimes we go after some of these things with a completely different diagnosis in mind and we end up just exacerbating the problem. So if, if it is ADHD, there is a way to determine that. And there's multiple interventions now. There's therapy There's medicine, there's hormonal interventions, there's non-medicinal occupational therapy interventions, there's physical therapy interventions, brain training, a whole host of things because we're realizing how significant and debilitating this particular neuro disability is. It's in your brain. It's a real thing. And if you have trauma, if you're a trauma survivor and you have untreated ADHD, it could be that some of your trauma symptoms are really worsened by the ADHD not being treated. So get it checked out. Trauma is a difficult path enough. So
1: check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Don't
0: shout. <laughs> don't shout. <laughs> Reading Absolutely. Rainbow. All right. So we've said enough about all that. And we have uh, Anna's friend coming on next uh, episode. We're so grateful that you're here. So We're so grateful that you're here listening to us. Yes. And congratulations again, Anna, on your citizenship and now marching, Thank you. marching Thank you. into the law school classroom, fully citizenized.
1: I have a quick question. Is ADHD genetic? Is it environmental or genetic or both? Oh, it's genetic. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners, because sometimes people think that a lot of mental and mood disorders are caused solely by the environment, which is... Almost
0: always not the case. You mean nurture, not nature. Actually, on the Attitude um, website, they have a self-test. Do you, and then it says, or your daughter, in parentheses, have ADHD? So let's take it together, shall (laughs) we? Oh sure that sounds fun. Do you feel as if life is out of control and that it's impossible to meet demands? Uh very often, often, sometimes, rarely or never? I will say actually now because I my symptoms have been treated, I would say rarely. What would you say, Anna? I would
1: say never. I always meet expectations wow. of other people and the only expectations I don't meet are of my own and it's because they're unrealistic.
0: Okay. Is your time and energy taken up with coping, staying organized, and holding it together with no time for fun or relaxation? I would say ne- I would say never for me. I always have fun and relaxation now. I used to not.
1: I would say rarely for me. There are times when I fall into that for
0: sure. Do you feel like you're always at one end of a dysregulated activity spectrum, either a couch potato or a tornado? Again, yes. past yes?
1: yes? 100%.
0: That's for you now? Yeah. So would you say very often, often, sometimes, rarely, or never?
1: I'd say often. I wouldn't say very often. I would say often because I have like <laughs> I have hyper productivity like weeks, yeah, or like days, become a couch weeks, potato, sometimes months,
0: and your hours and hours on Animal Crossing. Okay, yeah. Next one: Are you called a slob or spacey? Never, never. never. Do you feel like you are? Well, hold on, you gotta answer that question. No, I'm doing this just for you. Um. Yes. That's Uh, very. It's very. (laughs) I would be very often for me on that one. Okay. Um. Do you feel like you are passing for normal in quotes, but you are really an, (laughs) but but you are really an imposter? Okay. So imposter syndrome is oh
1: imposter syndrome. That's a big one, and that's also hugely pop culture right now. Is imposter syndrome, and I've seen so much about people improperly applying the term to stuff that isn't actually related to imposter syndrome. Good point. Can you clarify for our listeners and for you and I maybe what imposter syndrome actually is?
0: Imposter syndrome is the false belief that you are the only person who doesn't know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And that you're afraid that at any given moment, something you do or don't do is going to pull the lid off and show everyone, including yourself, that you're an imposter. But it's actually a false sense that's generated by ADHD brain. Thank you for the clarification. But it also can be, I'm sure you can also have it without ADHD, but it's much more common with ADHD anyway Great. do you have imposter syndrome Anna very often often sometimes rarely never no I think I have reverse imposter syndrome Where <laughs> I
1: we're look at everyone around me and I'm like none of you know what you're doing
0: you're, you're the person pulling the lid off <laughs> I'm the person yeah. the people with imposter syndrome fear, fear. fear.
1: People, see me okay. the, people with imposter syndrome see me across the street and they're like yikes I gotta
0: go <laughs> Yeah, so I'll put never for you. Go. But some of that also for me is um, actually learning about imposter syndrome and addressing that in myself and realizing hmm. it's not real. So I, I definitely used to feel that way. Do you shut down in the middle of the day feeling assaulted? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> that that's a question for our husbands i think and and for them it would both be very often yeah i
0: would say never though how about you yeah no i would say never as well do you feel overwhelmed in stores at the office or at parties yeah never i like bring on the party the store (laughs) like baby holy cow the
1: the world really copy pasted with you and I. i think
0: are you clueless as to how others manage to (laughs) lead consistent regular lives no. So so you would say never. I would say sometimes actually. Oh really? I definitely look at other people and think, "Wow, you did that for 30 years? That's so much. Like you're so great. You were so consistent." You know, like people who
1: Oh, well, I'm really impressed by people. Mhm. Yeah, I'm still very impressed by it, but but select people. What was the question again? Read it again. Are you <laughs> play I- back?
0: Are you clueless as to how others manage to lead consistent, regular lives? I guess for me, like seeing somebody who's been in the same job for like 30 years. Yeah, looking
1: at it from that point of view. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say for sure.
0: I think I think the issue is are you clueless? Like to me it truly astonishes me when someone lives day in and day out a consistent regular pattern. Yeah. I couldn't I could not do that. That's a great point. I have to have variety. So like every
1: Looking at it that way, I would say very often.
0: Yeah, same. Have you ever been thought of as selfish? Uh yes for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it's true. Have you ever been thought... Oh, no, this is bad. Have you ever been thought of as selfish because you don't write thank you notes or send birthday cards?
1: (laughs) Both of us. Very often. Although I actually
0: have gotten quite good
1: at sending... Like birthday gifts and birthday cards and, and trying to always yeah. remember people's birthdays because I, I used to forget all the time. And there were a few times when close friends came to me and told me that that really hurt them, that they felt like I didn't care about them. And so then ever since then, I have a note in my phone. See, and that's I check why it religiously every month.
0: that's when I when I start to develop a friendship.
1: But thank you notes. Never. That's why when
0: I start to develop a friendship, that's one of the first things I tell them is there's going to be two things you need to know about me before you get close to me. One is I'm not going to remember your birthday. And the second one is I'm not going to send you a thank you note. So
1: (laughs) similarly, when I start to get into a friendship, the first thing that I tell them is if you ever have a problem with me like if i've ever somehow hurt your feelings
0: i need to know within 48 hours i need you to tell me immediately yeah i need to be the first one to know exactly yeah yeah. and i also
1: need you to tell me it's not just that i want to know yes it's that in order for our friendship to survive you need to be comfortable in telling me that you that you were hurt by something because if you just absolutely keep it inside because you think oh You know oh this is you know i don't want to be dramatic you know i don't want to cause problems in our relationship by telling you that. and then i find out like
0: 90 days later i did something no that's it
1: i'm sorry i hurt your feelings a year and a half ago but our friendship is over because i probably broke your trust there by doing something that hurt your feelings but whatever it was i hurt you then you have been keeping this from me for a year and a half yeah and you've been letting it fester and you've been holding this against me for a year and a half and i've been thinking we're in the same relationship When in reality, we haven't been in the same relationship. It's been a different relationship and you've been keeping that from me. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I'll put often for that one. (laughs) Here's a big one for me, not you. Do you watch others of equal intelligence and education pass you by? And for me, I would say, yeah, sometimes I do feel that way. I, I sometimes am confused why other people are advancing to clinical supervisor or director or running the earth <laughs> and i'm like what what's wrong with me i do sometimes have Aww. that question but for you I'm that would be sorry about that for you that would be never
1: <laughs> well for me it's it's not that i never see them surpassing me it's that i never see them
0: <laughs> you have yet to find someone of equal intelligence I have yet to find- Oh my word, that makes me sound
1: insufferable.
0: You know what? Next, we're going to do the narcissism, <laughs> <Narcissistic>. the narcissism <laughs> quiz. Okay, this one you're failing, oh, Anna, no. but that's good. <laughs> Does time, money, paper or quote unquote stuff dominate your life and hamper your ability to achieve your goals that for me is sometimes yours is never do you hesitate to have people over to your house because you're ashamed of the mess never never but that's because i'm married to a neat freak
1: that's because i was reared by dad yeah Mm -hmm. Uh
0: do requests for quote unquote one more thing at the end of the day put you over the top emotionally yes sometimes for me but for you is it? Oh yeah, definitely. Sometimes or often or very often. I'd say often. Okay.
1: Well, only because I like if I'm having a day where where I'm being asked a lot of, I put everything I've got into it and I like mm-hmm. crank it out, you know, all day. And then if at the end of the day somebody's like, "Oh my word, by the way, I forgot to mention." I'm like, "Shut up." No. <laughs> no. <laughs> again you you had again you had to have submitted that request before 12 p.m no you're not allowed to come in at 8 59
0: tune in in episode four when we go over narcissism <laughs> and we both take that quiz Okay. Do you start the day determined to get organized and end the day feeling defeated? For me, that used to be often. I would say it's rarely now, but how about for you? Uh,
1: never for me. Here's the thing. I don't feel motivated to get organized when I wake up because I'm all, already organized from you, the day before
0: and from that years is before. so good. Is it impossible for you to shut out sounds and distractions that don't bother others? For me, never. For
1: me, it's never unless there's somebody with too much saliva in their mouth, <laughs> in which case it's impossible. It's impossible. But that actually, I've heard, is actually a, a different disorder of misophonia.
0: Well, but su- ha- sensitivity is it could be. So I'm going to put su- rarely for you. Okay. Yeah. But I'll put it doesn't happen often. Only if there's chewing.
1: Only if there's chewing,
0: yep. Do you feel that you have better ideas than other people but are unable to organize them or act on them? Yeah, never.
1: No. Do you have (laughs) Again, with the narcissism. We're taking our own narcissist test right now. Do you
0: have trouble balancing (laughs) your checkbook? I don't have a checkbook.
1: Who the heck still has a checkbook? This is 2022. Get a card. Get it on your phone. What the heck are we doing with a checkbook? That thing can be stolen. It can burn in a fire. Get rid of your checkbook. What kind of question? Is this quiz from 1994?
0: When is this quiz from? <laughs> we're going to my checkbook. What? We're going to submit it and we're going to find out. We're 90. Okay. So say never to that. Do you, last question, do you despair of ever fulfilling your potential and meeting your goals? Always. Okay. And then, optional, would you like to receive your ADHD in women's symptom test results plus more helpful? I did this whole quiz,
1: but you've got to what? Do you have to share it on Facebook or do you have to sign up? What do you have to do? To get the results.
0: No, you just have to say yes. I'm just going to click. As if I would take
1: the entire quiz and then not want the results? There should be a last question. Do you fear the results of this quiz? If so, we won't give you the answer.
0: Your score is 19 out of 72. And the higher the point total the greater the likelihood that you show signs of ADHD. So I would say that's pretty low. Interesting. Yeah, it says here, low. disclaimer, this screener is designed to determine whether you demonstrate symptoms similar to those of attention deficit disorder. A high score does not necessarily mean you have ADHD or another disorder. That being said, if your score is 54 to 72, that means you answered often or very often to most of the questions and should see a trained health Care professional, as there is a possibility that you may be experiencing symptoms of attention deficit disorder, an accurate diagnosis can only be made through clinical evaluation. This is from Attitude Magazine's website under ADHD and women. Perfect.
1: Okay. So you can go there if you want to take the exact quiz that we just walked you through.
0: We just want to wrap up by saying none of these are diagnostic tools. You have to see right, a... Go to a,
1: psychi- go, to a psychologist. go
0: to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist. You deserve to know if this is happening and you deserve to know what treatments are available to you. So look into it and we can't wait to talk to somebody, one of Anna's friends who has done just that. We'll learn from her journey and this is us signing off. Anything else you wanted to say, Anna? No, that's all. Thank you for being here with us. We love
1: each and every one of you. We love that you are still coming back and we will see you again next week.
0: Absolutely. This is Kim. I'm the mom signing off. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. See you later. Bye-bye. bye (laughs) bye Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.